Welcome to the Speak With People podcast. My name is Jason Rates. I'll be your host, and this podcast exists to help you improve your communication skills. Whether you communicate one-on-one, to a team, from a stage, or from behind a screen, we know that when we improve our communication skills as leaders, it exponentially changes everything. It improves our relationships, it improves our leadership skills, and it improves our business skills. So let's get ready to dive into this next episode. Well, have you ever noticed that there seems to be some speakers who are just creative? Like, whatever they do, they tap into this crazy amount of creativity. For most of us, Sometimes, you know, maybe for the everyday leader who doesn't really communicate all the time, it's really tough to kind of tap into those really creative moments, or is it? Can just any speaker be creative? Does having a sense of wonder and awe in our own spirit, our own leadership, our own story, does that help our creativity process? Will people listen and learn uh, to our speaking if we partner with creativity? What, what, do we, what do we need to do to be more creative? That's some of the questions that we're going to answer on this episode of the Speak With People podcast. And I am blown away. We have such an incredible guest. I am humbled that uh, he was able to make the, he, he, was, he said yes, he was able to do this, and I'm just honored that uh, Harris III is on the podcast. Uh, Harris, welcome to the Speak With People podcast. Man, it's an honor to be here. Thanks for that kind introduction. Absolutely. Absolutely. I could go on and on and on, but you know, I don't, I don't want it to be too uh, fanboy right in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, for some of our audience who doesn't know who you are, could you just give us a little bit into your story, who you are, what you do, all that kind of stuff? Oh goodness. I mean, the easiest entry point is nine years old. I was getting bullied and picked on. I sucked at everything at school and at home and didn't know what to do with my life growing up in a small town, Southeast Tennessee. My parents had minimum wage jobs and lower part of the middle class. So it was not a super exciting childhood until that Christmas at nine, I got a magic kit for Christmas Mm. from my grandmother. I was like, this is dumb. How is anyone ever going to be fooled by this stuff? You know, I'm in my bedroom (laughs) learning little tricks and out of boredom, I'm marching to the living room and I'm like, mom and dad gather around. Here's what grandma got me for Christmas. (laughs) I put a little ball in a cup. I made it disappear. Their eyes lit up in wonder. Which, you know, now in hindsight, now that I've studied the neuroscience and research around wonder, I understand how contagious it is. Mm. But in that moment, it didn't make sense to me. I just knew that someone was in awe of something that I had just done. Um, And that wonder became contagious in me. And it gave me permission to believe in a whole new story filled with possibility. And so kind of gave birth to this initial dream of like, man, what if? What if I could travel around the world and do magic shows? Um, And so finally, two years later, was 11, finally got paid $25 to do my first paid magic show. Um, and that was my foray into presenting on stage. And there's so many milestones throughout that story. You know, by, by 18, started touring internationally. By 21, and made a million dollars. By 22, was bankrupt. Keeping Ooh. up with the Joneses because if your identity is rooted in what other people think about you and their approval, a million dollars is not enough to buy it all. Wow. wow. Uh, and so... That led to going, okay, clearly there's some kind of correlation between how magic tricks work and how all deception works. Um, Then eventually, in the process of exploring the subject of deception, I discovered the subject of storytelling, Mm. realized that storytellers shape the future, narrative drives behavior, and recalibrated my entire career to focus on the power that stories have to especially when they intersect with positive awe states and childlike wonder, 
stories have the potential to shift narratives, shape the future in some pretty mm. amazing ways. And so now my work is focused on that in a variety of mediums. That's the, that's the short version. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I absolutely love that. I, I don't have the similar story with magic, but I can remember being a 10th grade in high school and be handed, I was handed the book, uh, oh, what was it, uh, Juggling for Klutzes or something like that. And so uh, mine, yeah. mine was juggling. I never went, you know, super far. <laughs> I did get quite a crowd in the, in the high school cafeteria. But <laughs> Yeah, magicians can't stand juggler. No offense. <laughs> uh, we, we actually secretly love them. Uh, we're just so jealous of them. Uh, true story. Adam, if you go to a magic conference, and you go to the evening shows where it's just magicians performing for magicians. Yep. They always put a juggler in the show and they get this instantaneous standing ovation. Uh, and then we walk out and we're like, ah, oh, I'm so frustrated. <laughs> and part of it is because magicians and jugglers both have to have amazing dexterity, timing, you know, essentially sleight of hand. This yep. is also what juggling is. Yep. But a juggler gets to put their skill on display and everyone's like, whoa, he's whoa. amazing. <laughs> And they watch a magician who just had to take our skill and hide it so that no one can appreciate how hard it is. And then people come up to us and they're like, I think I know how you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so annoying. So annoying. Oh, yeah. I love that. I love that. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, I got to tell you, uh, it, it seems like it, as I've uh, I've been speaking for, you know, uh, quite a, quite a while, but as I have kind of dove more into this world and the professional side of it, uh, it's, you know, every turn I, I seem to come across someone who knows you or speaks so incredibly highly of you. Uh, this month we're also airing an episode from Sally Z. And so we kind of got talking about you and she just was like, Oh my goodness, Harris is the greatest. And and so I just appreciate all you do for people that your content and, and, uh, what you, uh, what you offer the world of businesses. So thank you. Well, I'm honored, man. Uh, Sally is an incredible human being. Um, she's special honored that she said kind things and that you've heard kind things from others. Um, I've had a long career and as a leader, it is all leaders make mistakes. And so I'm honored that you bumped into the ones who had kind things to say. I'm sure there are some others out there. <laughs> oh, we all have them. We all, we all have our list. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I wanted to dive in kind of, you know, as we talk about uh, creativity, you know, it's, I, I, as I coach leaders, often leaders will tell me, oh, I just don't have any creative genes. I just mm. don't know how to tell stories like you tell stories. I don't know how to. You know, I just got to get up and do the data in my presentation and, and that's all I need to do. And so I'm just curious from your, your story, when did you kind of really start using, harnessing the power of creativity? What was it that kind of, you know, launched it in your own speaking? Yeah, I don't know that you can speak without it. I mean, speaking <laughs> is an expression of creativity and mm. it's something that all of us have. And so I started being creative the same time every other human being on the planet started being creative. Mm. You know, it's interesting that you have so many people that are saying like, oh, I'm just not creative like you. And there's lots of reasons why that problem exists in the world. Again, a lot of my work is at the intersection of storytelling and wonder. Mm. Um, I think of story as an operating system of the human brain. Mm. We think in story, we feel in story, we walk around all day long telling ourselves stories to make sense of the world around us. Mm. Um, even when we go to bed at night and physically sleep, our brain stays up all night long telling more stories. What the latest sleep research shows is that our brain is almost going through the stories of the day like a filing cabinet, 
kind of discarding, going, oh, I don't need that one. That one's not essential to my survival. Oh, I got to hang on to that one. I need to do more sense making around that story and experience. And these stories, the ones we're told and the ones we tell ourselves, they form these narratives. Those narratives drive all of our beliefs, our thinking, our choice making, our behavior. And from an early age, this narrative starts to creep in that some of us are creatives and others aren't. Mm. Companies even have creative departments. Right. You go to creative agencies if you're not creative. And even within the agency, there's departments like accounting and then there's departments like creative, right? Right. And so, I, you know, part of this has been lucrative for me because I get calls from organizations all the time, sometimes some of the, you know, biggest companies in the world saying, hey, our people aren't thinking outside the box. We need them to be more innovative. We need to be more the, we need them to be more creative. I'm like, well, the people that you're frustrated with for not being creative, they keep being told the creative people are over there. Mm. And so creative is not a label. It sucks as a label. Mm. I'm not a creative. I am creative. And I'm creative. You're creative. Everyone listening to this is creative. And as long as we use it live by as a label, it might sort of with a weird subconscious deductive reasoning mean that some other people aren't. Wow. And if we can avoid the responsibility of being creative, we will. Why? Because human beings hate change. If I create things, if I get innovative, I might blow something up. I'd rather stick with the status quo because it's predictable. I'm just going to stay in line, do what I'm told, and not ask any questions, right? The greatest proof wow. that someone is creative is how they use their imagination. Mm. Not if, this is huge, not if, but how. We used to think that imagination was this childlike thing. Mm. Speaking of narratives, when you hear people talk about imagination, they often say things like, oh, you need to go back to using your imagination again. They were using their imagination all day to survive. Worry, anxiety, mm. irrational fear. That is all work of the creative imagination because our imaginations are curious and it's always fast forwarding in every single story that we're experiencing to keep us safe. So the reason I don't step in front of a bus when I was in New York City this last weekend or walk in front of a yellow cab that's going to run me over is outside of my conscious awareness, it happens so fast. My brain fast forwarded in the story and went, hmm, I don't like that image of the future of me getting run over by that car. Mm. I'm just going to reverse engineer the action of staying put until that car passes by. If I'm sitting in the back seat of an Uber, which I also did in New York City, and the driver is driving recklessly or looking at their cell phone, what's happening? My nervous system activates, my heart rate might go up, my palms might get sweaty, I might tune more into awareness of everything that's happening in my environment. What's physically happening in my body is in response to something that my mind is imagining. Wow. So our imaginations are powerful. They're always telling stories. So I think of worry as a misuse of imagination. Mm. Irrational fear is a misuse of imagination. A lot of people listening to us right now are thinking, I'm not creative but they are writing Oscar-worthy screenplays in their head every wow. single day. It's just if they were to win an Oscar for that screenplay, it would be in the horror genre. Right. Because they're assuming that everything's going to go awful. Right. So the greatest, the greatest proof that we're creative is just to pay attention to how we're truly using our imagination. It's always mm -hmm. active. It has to be to keep us safe. So what is the safety that we are pursuing? What are we allowing to consume our imagination? Are we using our imagination in productive ways or destructive ways? You're always creating. You just may not be creating something optimistic and hopeful and beautiful. Wow.
Wow. Wow. I love that. And it's, you know, one of the reasons I love this podcast is I feel like I'm getting like an MBA in leadership and life with all of these <laughs> interviews, but I don't know why I've, I've never, I've never thought about how my worry, anxiety, and fear, all of that falls into the imagination bucket. Like it's coming from the same source. I mean, that, that's just, that's just mind blowing for me because I'm like, okay, like I, if I can decrease that, lower that, it, it may yeah. give the other side, you know, the amount to breathe and be more readily used. Uh, I love that. Yeah. And that's where it goes back to wonder, right? So it's like, how do we control or how do we focus, you know, what gets the attention of our imagination? Um, that's why my last book was called The Wonder Switch. Right. There's a literal switch that toggles how we're using our imagination. And so when wonder is awake, we have permission to believe. But there's so much amazing research that I know we don't have time to get into about wonder. Um, it, even to the point where it shifts our physiology, our body produces cytokines in positive all states and wonder. Chronic inflammation in our body goes down. Uh, our immune system goes up. Less chance of disease, cancer, all because of wonder. It's oh. crazy, right? But one of the greatest parts of wonder is that our brain is more open to possibility instead of needing to see something in order to believe it, we're willing to believe in something before we see it in a state of wonder. Mm. And so that wonder switch gives our imagination an opportunity to focus on possibility instead of cynicism. So keep your wonder switch on. You got to stay in touch with what you feel is truly magical in the world so that you can stay in that physiological state of wonder. And the more awake you are to those awe states, the easier it is uh, to use your imagination the way it was intended um, oh. and not misuse it on worry and fear. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I apologize. Normally in the podcast, when a guest has a book, I hold it up and show it. I've, oh, I've given out so okay. many of my book, my wonder switch <laughs> books that I went on Amazon a few yeah. days ago and I forgot, Oh, that's right. It's Christmas in a few days when we're recording this. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, I like the old days of, Remember when you Amazon used to get something to us in two days? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Where I'm at in uh, Tampa area, there uh, a little south of me, there is a Chick Fil A that's uh, trying out the drone delivery. So it's it's kind of fascinating to think about. <laughs> that's awesome. I was like, maybe I have a copy here in the studio. Here you go. The there it is. Switch. There it is. Yeah. No, and I've recommended uh, that book to so many leaders that I have coached, and I, I love that. And I, I think it's it provides so much hope because, especially as I've done some coaching with leaders in the you know business world, marketplace, you know, it's almost like they feel like sometimes between life and just the the dullness of their job, that wonder switch gets turned off. And you know, what a powerful metaphor, what a powerful reality that hey, it it, it doesn't need to. Let's let's get it going. Yeah, agreed. I'm happy to hear you're doing that work, man. I think it all comes down to storytelling. Again, if narrative drives behavior, the stories we tell are everything. And at the heart of communication is storytelling. Um, so in some ways, you could say communication is everything. And so if there's someone listening into this who's not focusing on the way they communicate and tell stories, mm. um, they should be. Yeah, it's mm. essential to our success. And it's essential not just to our personal success, but it's essential to solving the leadership crisis that we're experiencing right now across America and around the world because that leadership crisis is actually a creative crisis. It's a crisis of curiosity and curiosity is wonder in action. So unless we get back to a place of wonder, 
unless we learn how to tell stories in a way that resonate with people, unless we learn to communicate these big ideas, we will not solve that leadership crisis. And without solving the leadership crisis, we're not going to solve the challenges mm. and problems that we're up against that are facing humanity. Absolutely. So the work you're doing is essential. Well, thank you. It's, it's fascinating sometimes because I feel like we're kind of banging our head against the wall at moments because, you know, every, every, every breath we take, you know, we really don't think about it very much. Right. But until, you know, our lungs start to hurt or they get, it get late. Now, all of a sudden we're really curious about what's wrong with our breathing. You know, the same way with our communication, we communicate all the time and hardly ever do we go, Ooh, is my, is my communication healthy? <laughs> like, Ooh, are people really hearing me? You know, are my, yeah. is it toxic? And we don't, you know, and so that's, that's the world. Cause we really believe that healthy communication is oxygen for your life. And so when you, we, we're trying to disrupt the phrase, you know, be an effective communicator. I think it's great to be effective, but I think you could still be unhealthy and effective because you can communicate out of fear and control and people will listen, you know? So we want to, we, we believe improve your communication skills. You really will improve your life, your leadership, your business, you know, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So, I mean, I just Couldn't appreciate more. what you Couldn't do. Couldn't agree more. I love that. I love that. It reminds me of how we talk about narrative intelligence, mm. um, you know, because communication to your point is everything. And we are always communicating just like we were always telling a story. You don't have to be moving your lips or speaking words to tell a story. You know, if story is the operating system of the brain, if we think in story, that means that architects are storytellers, designers are storytellers. Um, you know, a photo can tell a story. And that means when you walk into a room by yourself, there's a story unfolding, even if two people aren't talking to each other. Mm. But the moment you get into communication with other human beings, if you just take two people and put them in a room by themselves, there are absolutely more than two stories being told. Right? Yep. There's the story that maybe I'm telling you right now. There's the story that you're telling me. But we're also recording a podcast interview, which means there's the story that you're telling yourself about what you want to tell others who are listening in while you're talking to me. There's the story I'm telling myself, uh, depending on how healthy I am today, mentally and emotionally. Um, I might tell myself a story that's like, oh, am I measuring yep. up right now? Am I enough for this? Do I sound smart and intelligent? Do I sound like an idiot and a moron? Do I have my thoughts together? Right. Yep. That leads to a misuse of imagination. I'm worried about how I'm being perceived. And now I'm back to managing perceptions and seeking approval. There's so many stories. So two people, <laughs> this weird math adds up to like, well, if you count the, the stories in the room that might be on the walls, maybe there's art hanging on the walls. Maybe it's a bright color. Yep. So many stories. And so as we grow in narrative intelligence, narrative intelligence to me is just an increasing awareness of all the stories so that you have more agency over them. And if you can have agency over those stories that's rooted in awareness, well, now we can speak them more effectively. We can change those narratives, yes. uh, which means it all comes back tactfully to communication skills. Right? Um, how can I be aware of the story you're telling me? How can I be aware of the story I'm telling you? How can we be increasingly aware of the stories we're telling ourselves so that I can communicate the story that I feel like is the best way to serve you in that moment instead of myself? It's huge. Mm. Oh. I absolutely love that. One of the the things Speak With People does, we do this training for companies and we we dive into this kind of with or at paradigm. Do we speak with people? This is, you know, mm -hmm. you're, you're breathing into people, speaking at your, your, you know, you get the all of that kind of stuff. And we talk mm -hmm. about story and how, you know, especially if I'm a financial advisor or, you know, whatever area I'm in, if I'm not taking the time to learn someone's story and to help weave, you know, the product story into it, you know, what am I doing? I'm just speaking at them. You know, I'm not really mm -hmm. getting through. And uh, I love that. I mean, that is so powerful. 
if leaders were able to do that. Uh, let's let's turn a corner there for a second. So you know, speakers. Uh, I mean, even influencers nowadays, you know, uh, off camera, we were talking a little bit about Casey Neistat and, you know, you Mm -hmm. interviewing him at a story conference years ago. And just, I mean, Casey's story is just, you know, so crazy profound. Who who would have ever thought somebody who, you know, (laughs) know, made those great movies all of a sudden became this, you know, and he never kind of got to the level that Mr. Beast is at now and all of that, you know, all of that. But his storytelling was so powerful. How can, you know, speakers, influencers today tap into, you know, using creativity to tell stories that maybe they never have, you know, how can they take that step forward to level up their storytelling, to be able to tell stories where the audience truly does lean in and really wants to, you know, really hear what's next from the, from the speaker. Oh man, that's a big question for the (laughs) amount of time that we have together today. All right. Um, Fair. I, I, what I would begin with is the story that you're telling yourself. Um, and as you grow in awareness of the story you're telling yourself about who you are, to be willing to allow that story to be known by others mm. by being willing to speak it out loud. You know, Robert McKee, who's kind of wrote oh, yeah. the Bible on storytelling, literally wrote a book called Story. He said that stories are the currency of human connection. Oof. And I love that because sometimes... Uh, we just need to share our story in a way that allows other people to find themselves in their story. There's a lot of stuff going on uh, around right now about how we're not the hero of the story. Um, you know, you're the guide. Uh, story brand did a great job of popularizing that. Um, sure. I actually, I'm, the first time I ever heard it was from Nancy Duarte, uh, the opening in her book that she wrote for Harvard Business Review called The Power of Persuasive Presentations. In the introduction of that book, there's a line that's like, hey, you're not the hero of the story. You are the mentor or guide. Uh, you're not there to be Luke Skywalker, be Yoda, you know, this, the person with the wisdom to pass along to help other people rise up and be the heroes of their story. And I think as that, like, you're not the hero, you're the guide stuff has spread throughout our circles. It has led people, I, what I am noticing is it is leading people to misunderstand what they mean by that teaching, mm. and therefore they don't tell their own personal stories. Mm. They don't make it a part of their brand. They don't use it in their promotion or marketing. They don't use it in their talks. And it's because they were like, well, wait, I thought it wasn't about me. Um, but the way we connect with others is through our stories, and it gives other people permission to share theirs with us. Um, and with the people around them. So I think it starts by just growing in your own awareness of the story you've lived, what it has taught you, and being willing to share that story with transparency, with vulnerability, with authenticity, um, and to do that in a way that isn't manufactured. Mm. Um, It's amazing how good some presenters have gotten at attempting to manufacture authenticity. (laughs) (laughs) and it just doesn't work. And sometimes this is kind of an unpopular opinion that I have. Uh, it might be controversial on a podcast like this, because this is one of the things that you help people with. Um, but oftentimes what speaker coaching should look like is a little bit more like therapy Mm. and a little bit less about, you know, practical presentation tips. hundred percent. Because there's a lot of speakers that go walk on stage and they've been taught how to open and how to stand and how to deliver. And they have the perfect slide deck but they're not comfortable in their own skin and they don't know who they are and they haven't done the inner work to be able to speak from a place of wisdom and vulnerability. And so if you haven't done that work and you are trying to cover it up by working with a speaker coach on some speaker tips, there's no amount of speaker things that you can learn from a communication coach that are going to hide that from the audience. 
Yes. Um, that story work. You've got to yes. make sense of your story and do the work. Oh, it's so good. In the words of Will Ferrell and Step Brothers, I think we just became best friends. I mean, <laughs> I, I could not agree. I could not agree. We we developed something that we call the pathway. I know other places have their own pathways and all that, but it's just a step-by-step process to becoming a healthy communicator. And step number one is just to assess and prioritize your health. People want to tell these great elaborate stories. They want to be able to have this deep connection with the audience, but you're so right. It starts with the inner world health. Our inner mm-hmm. world health has to be in order or yeah, we can learn all the tricks we can learn. I mean, mm-hmm. we can, you know, get them to laugh and all that kind of stuff, but so incredibly powerful that we have to do. Agreed. Uh, uh, Agreed. Sometimes I'll speak and people will come up to me afterwards and they'll say, oh, I don't have any stories like you do. I don't have a best friend whose mom vacuumed up their bird, you know, like, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, but they're the back, all there. I think everybody does. that, And that's yeah. the, I send people, we had uh, Matthew Dix who wrote Storyworthy on the podcast back in the fall. And he talked about just creating a story journal. Like if you really... Mm-hmm think you don't have any stories every single day. Just, you know, take like, like you talked about sitting in that waiting room, there are stories all around us and we just have to capture them. And I, I, I love that. I love that. Cause I think yeah. sometimes, and I love that, you know, that story brand uh, philosophy and, you know, helps create some clarity, but I think it really does take away sometimes from, you know, your own personal story and how those two stories can intertwine with each other. I mean, you know, they were able to, you know, come together in that way. It's just, it's just so powerful to be able to do. We see the impact of it on a regular basis. You know, we coach a lot of entrepreneurs and they come in and hear us talking about the, the prevalence of storytelling. And a lot of them are like, wait, I thought I wasn't supposed to share my personal stories. And I was like, what? (laughs) Right. You start to pull back these layers and you're like, how did you arrive at this conclusion? They're just like, I thought I wasn't the hero. I'm just there to guide. It's not about me. I'm like, it may not be about you. If your work is purpose driven and others oriented, like you sharing your story and the wisdom that came out of it, it is not you making it about you. Yes. You know, if I were to offer a tip to your listeners in this category, um, it's the title of my next book. It's called Start With Wow. Mm. Um, Start With Wow is both uh, a way of leading in the world. And so it's both a leadership principle, um, but it's also a way to look at our own stories and find the wow moments. And there are stories there. Remember, awe a positive awe state, which is what you search researchers from UC Berkeley called it. Um, they called it positive awe because awe is the root of the word awful and a root mm. of the word awesome. And so there's <laughs> more than one type of awe state. And so you can be in awe of how horrific a speech was or how awful a meal was or a show that you went to see. Um, and so mm. if you look back about your life, wow is simply that moment of wow, like that was crazy. It just means that something was heightened and wow can take you to a place of wonder or it can take you to a place of worry mm. again, because it birth to something inside your imagination. Right. Yep. So if you look back across your life and go, where were the wow moments? Um, and we could dig way deeper into how to do that more practically, um, through some exercises, but at its surface, just simply pausing and going, when's the last time you said, wow. And I bet there was a time today, if you're listening to this episode in the morning, there was probably a time yesterday or this week where you just went, wow. And you just didn't pause long enough to let that wow moment linger. Mm. Um, But there's a story there because wisdom begins in wonder, as Socrates says. And so if wisdom begins in wonder, the times that you said wow are typically the times that gave birth to some wisdom that you have an opportunity to share with others. At the heart of those of us who are speaking, whether it's amateurly or as a hobby or professionally, 
um, is the ability to identify those wow moments, integrate that wisdom that was birthed out of it, and then learn how to tell that story and the corresponding wisdom with others in a way that's valuable to them. So powerful. You, you talk about the being the hero. I mean, some speakers, yes, they get up and they the only stories they tell is you know their their best successes, how they made the right decision. You know, we're we're not drawn to that. I mean, you you don't you can share your story, but you know, yeah. where's the moments you took the misstep? What did you learn from it? You know, all of those I would stories. argue those aren't stories; those are facts from a resume. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, a, a story isn't just something that has a beginning and middle and end. I remember we're storytelling creatures. We think in stories. Stories are more mm. complex and nuanced than that. But what makes for a great story is some sort of conflict and resolve of that conflict. Yes. And a story can end well and make you look good. You can absolutely yes. get to the part of the story where it's like, so I made this decision and man, thankfully it turned out this way. Um, but we've got to be honest about the tension that you felt along the way, the mistakes you made, the potential failure, how you put everything yep. on the line, what you learned from it. Uh, there's a lot of nuance and layers there. And to me, that if 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 you're just talking about the happy parts, it's not a very interesting story, right? If a story at all, yeah. right? Right. Let me ask you one more question, and and we'll 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 wrap it up. But you know, so often when we present, I mean, even if it's from a sales presentation to a keynote speech to, you know, my YouTube channel. Uh, you know, it seems like to me, and especially some of the leaders I coach, we th we only think of this presentation in this one dimension, me communicating. But what? why do you think people are held back or don't even explore the creative thing that we can show images, pictures? I mean, there's all this research that, you know, pictures along with your presentation will be remembered so much more. It's just shocking to me sometimes. I see this in churches all the time. You know, it's just mm -hmm. one person talking when we we've got all of this production equipment where we could be filling it with images and video. I, I just don't, I just don't understand. Maybe you could just help me. <laughs> uh, well, I think you know this um, and hopefully it's valuable to your listeners to just re be reminded of it's because uh, communication is storytelling mm -hmm. and spoken word is simply one way in which we can tell stories. And so when we start to think of production as a way in which we can tell stories or add to the story. When we think about the slides contributing to the story that's being told, the music that contributes to this way a story is being told. I mean, you can sit down and listen to an instrumental soundtrack with no lyrics and it tells you a story. Right. 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 So it's all the storytelling, which means we need to leverage all the different mediums at our disposal to be able to tell those stories. And we have to think of it as a collaboration. Um, one of the things that is ironic to me is you know, well, you said this earlier, you talked about how many people talk to instead of with, um, you know, there is a shift, I think, post COVID where the days of us creating conferences and events where people are showing up to listen to someone talk to them. Mm. It's like, ah, you probably could have sent out a memo or just recorded this on video and I could have watched it on my own time asynchronously. Right. And so if we're going to go through the effort of creating a live experience and the expense of all of us getting in the same room together, we better be talking with and collaborating to create an experience together. Mm. And that looks a lot less like, you know, if you use music as a metaphor, it looks a lot less like a musician rehearsing their song or even an orchestra getting up on stage and just playing the notes on the page. Yes. And more like a jazz musician who's willing to get up on stage and go, okay, I've got a set list. I know this song. I've played it a thousand times, but this is jazz. And yep. so I'm going to show up and try to let some magic happen. Well, yep. where's that magic happening? Where's it coming from? Is it exclusively in the mind of the jazz musician? 
I don't think so. Mm. I think he or she is feeling out the room. They're feeling out the environment. They're collaborating with the audience. They are co-creating that concert, that experience of that music together. And so I think that happened more naturally to me because of my background in entertainment, you know, as a professional magician who toured for years, the magic doesn't exist on stage. I don't don't know if you know this, Jason, we, I I don't have magic powers. Um, And so because of that, everything I'm doing on stage is just a trick, right? And so if I perform a trick in a room by myself and there's no one watching, it's just the presentation of a trick. There is no magic because the magic is what happens in the mind of the person watching it. It's the story they tell themselves that makes them feel that sense of wonder. Mm -hmm. And so magic as an art form can't exist on stage unless it is a collaboration with the audience. And so we are co-creating that magic show together. And I think that mentality needs to find its way into speaking and communication. Mm -hmm. We've got to talk not to people, but with people. And you might be the one holding the mic, but there's lots of opportunity being left on the table by speakers by not bringing the audience into creating that experience with them. Yes. Oh, so profound. You've given us so much wisdom. I took pages of notes. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, let me just ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. Uh, You're around speakers all the time. It may be a little unfair to ask, but do you have a favorite? Is there just someone that's like, ooh, they check off all the boxes, just absolutely love how they communicate? Oh, gosh, what a tough question. Um, (laughs) I love listening to Andy Stanley. I think he's a brilliant communicator. Uh, He's amazing at taking something that can feel complex and synthesizing it down and communicating it in a clear way. Um, and he breaks so many communication rules that I hear coaches talk about all the time and yet is so effective. And I just kind of love those people. So whether he's a rebel or not and doing it on purpose, I just love the rule breakers. Yes. Um, Seth Godin is also, I, th- I think, someone else who breaks a lot of the rules. Um, I get told <laughs> I have almost 200 slides in a typical 60-minute keynote. And they're always just like, Harris, that is way too many. I'm just like, Seth shows a new photo like every six seconds during his talk. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> um Kevin Carroll is an amazing communicator. We've had on stage at Story over the years multiple times. Um, gosh, so many, mm. so many. That is an unfair question. Shame on you. For <laughs> Absolutely. <that>. Is there <laughs> is there a podcast that you love, either either guilty pleasure or development, that's just kind of a go to for you, fills your bucket? Um, I love podcasts that go deep instead of wide. Mm. Uh, so for that reason, I like long form podcasts. Huberman. Tim Ferriss, people who sit down with someone who has succeeded at the highest level and is willing to be transparent about their failures along the way. I am obsessed with wisdom. And Mm. to me, someone who is willing to share from failures, that is when wisdom is most on tap and available. Um, And so podcasts in that format are typically the ones I enjoy the most. Absolutely. And then is there a book? Is there a book that you would recommend every communicator need to read? I mean, you mentioned a couple, we'll we'll put those in the show notes, but is there one that's just like, you have to read this if you care about communication? Uh, And the storytelling animal is really great. And it's not a book about communication. Um, Jonathan Goschel, I think is the author of that book. Um, That book was the first book I read that helped me understand how we are literally wired for story. We are storytelling creatures. And so mm. I think from a from a perspective of increasing your narrative intelligence and just understanding story at the human level, not necessarily how to tell them, that book is essential. 
Um, my friend David Hutchins, um, we mm. collaborated on an online course called The Storytelling Leader, uh, which is really incredible. Uh, I'd recommend everyone check that out. It's an online course, but David's books, which kind of serve as the foundation for a lot of the course content, um, I think his books are essential reading for communicators who want to lean into the storytelling side of things. I love that. And we'll link, we'll link all of those. Where can we send our audience to find you online, all the things that you do? Yeah, great question. Um, honestly, I'm most active these days on socials. If you want to get in touch with me, I respond to all DMs on both Instagram and LinkedIn. So those would be the two platforms to catch me personally. If you just want to kind of familiarize yourself with my body of work, harristhethird.com. It's a weird name, uh, but I really am a third. Harrisiii.com is that domain. You'll see kind of my public facing brand as a speaker. Um, if you want to learn from some of the speaking that we're doing, um, best way to figure that out is either we are the poetics.com mm. or storygatherings.com. You've mentioned story conference a couple of times throughout this interview. Uh, we do have an upcoming summit at the end of January on the 26th. It's totally free. It's an annual one day event we do each year now virtually. Um, and it's totally free. The in-person conference experience we do is, uh, can be expensive. So it's a, it's an opportunity for people around the world who may not be able to make it to the in-person conference to be able to join us. So storygatherings.com would be a good place to learn all about that. Perfect. And we can sign up for that free one day, the January 26th, uh, on which yeah. website? I just make sure I get that one right. Storygatherings.com. Okay, perfect. We'll yeah. link all But if you that. go to any of the other websites like harrisatthird.com, I'm sure you will see something directing you to the right spot. Same with social media. Yeah. I love it. Well, Harris, thank you so much. This has been uh, enlightening, incredible, so much wisdom. Really appreciate you pouring yourself out and uh, pouring into our audience. Thank you so much. Well, man, it's an honor. I, uh, I'm trying to change the world. And that sounds crazy to a lot of people because like, you're not changing the world. It's too broken. Um, and yet Steve Jobs said the ones who end up changing the world are ones that are crazy enough to think that they can. Mm. So um, I'm not so naive to think that I am going to change the world single-handedly but I'm on a mission to have conversations with the right people to build a little army of change makers. Um, and so, man, you're out there. Uh, you're making a huge difference to the work that you're doing. And so it's an honor to be here and collaborate on that world change together. We need a brighter future. We're doing it. Absolutely. Well, appreciate it. And uh, thank you again. Really, really, this means a lot. So my pleasure. Well, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Speak With People podcast. We hope that you were encouraged. We hope that you were inspired and challenged to improve your communication skills. I want to thank you again for being a part of the Speak With People podcast community. Make sure you don't miss out on being a part of the Speak With People Facebook community group. Just head to Facebook, type in Speak With People, scroll down and join our community because every single day, we're encouraging each other. We're helping each other to improve our communication skills. Thanks again, and we'll see you in the next episode.